0: welcome to upshift the no direction networks essence 20 podcast where every two weeks we give you an edge on essence 20 i'm ryan costello one of the designers of the essence 20 system and an author on the gi joe transformers and my little pony role-playing game core rule books as well as others
1: and i'm jason Keeley, a uh, renegade game studios former developer and now working back at paizo
0: yeah, you and John talked about that at length, yes. so we don't have to get into that no, no. here. But yeah, if people are interested in knowing what happened there, they can check out the latest episode of Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. But um, yeah, i was surprised. Like Usually ICV2 will have an article of like people on the move, oh, and really? they'll talk about people leaving one company, going to another company, especially when it's from one company to another like you made. Um, but no, it, it never really got mentioned anywhere. We scooped. Yeah, there you go. Gaming industry news sites. I'm not important enough to be
1: uh, uh, in in ICV2's radar, really. Well, I'm pretty sure when you moved to Renegade, you were covered. Oh, really? Yeah, there was an article about you. Okay, well, someone submitted some information to them, I guess, and uh, didn't do it this time. Eh, Who knows? You're officially
0: done with Renegade now, right? Yes, I am, yes. Uh, And are you officially back at Paizo? I'm
1: officially back at Paizo, yes. It's been about a week and a half.
0: And how was your... How was the transition? Uh,
1: good? It's pretty good, you know. It's back to some people that I know uh, a little more, you know, for uh, people that I've been friends with for a bit, and and just sort of getting back into the groove. I'm on Pathfinder now instead of Starfinder, but mm-hmm. um, it's uh, just getting used to that. getting getting there. The uh, the day after they announced the remaster project, basically. He was a. uh, Is that when you got there? I mean, I knew about it a little bit ahead of time, but like it was like Wednesday they announced. Thursday I was my my first day back, and they were like, "Welcome back! You got a lot of stuff you got to do." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, no kidding." Um, And a lot of that's underway, but there's still a lot that's still going.
0: Oh, you know what? I was thinking the Starfinder, not remastered, but they're doing a Starfinder like. Star,
1: Starfinder enhanced.
0: Refresh. Yes, enhanced. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That so yes. I was like, that was months ago. That was wasn't months
1: it? ago. Yes. That, okay. that, that book is 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 uh, nearly being sent to the printer, I think so. But it, I, I did do some writing for that and I was there during the planning stages and then went away. And then when I came back, it's hmm. still in the process. So it wasn't gone that long, I guess.
0: Well, it takes a while to
1: remaster a whole system. It takes a while to enhance it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To enhance it. Ah, I'm, I'm yes, mixing up yeah, enhanced yeah, and it, remastered. Yeah, they're
1: different, different, but they're, but you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be good. I really, uh, uh
0: I think, uh, both those projects are going to be very interesting. I am looking forward to more. All right. So now I'm debating whether yes. we go into the banter topic that I already had planned or whether we transition to our topic since, you know, we mm-hmm. were just talking about you and your jobs as a developer. No, let's, let's stick to the banter. Okay. Let's stick to the outline as it's outlined here. And I'm curious if you can guess. Actually, I should guess what you mentioned. We missed last episode because I got quite sick. Yeah. I actually uh, stayed home today as well because my daughter now has is sick. Oh. She got the same cold that's been going around the house for two months now. <sighs> yeah, that's rough. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago when I I was the one that was sick, I'm curious if you can guess what I watched while I was just laying on the couch not being able to do anything productive.
1: Was it a bunch of G.I. Joe? Oh, that's a good guess but no. Okay. Uh what was it um
0: Power Rangers? It was Power Rangers. All oh, right, okay. But was can it Can you guess more specific?
1: Was it the um uh Power Rangers in Space?
0: No, nope, okay. no, no. Now you, you're getting cold.
1: Oh, how am I getting cold? <laughs> uh, uh, oh the new was was that new Power Rangers thing didn't come out yet,
0: did it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was. Oh, uh, great! Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Once and Always. Once and an Always, okay. Special on Netflix that uh, reunites two of the original Power Rangers. Mm. It, it was kind of a trip watching something that was clearly written as like a nostalgia act, right. and yeah, yeah, you're yeah. supposed to like play in the hits and really hit in the feels If you knew this stuff, right. uh, and it just assumes a baseline knowledge that I did not have, and so it's like there. I know that that's a reference, <laughs> but right. I do not know what it's referencing. Like. Uh, the license plate on Billy's flying car is the like something bug two. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, there must've been a something bug I, one. I think that's, I don't know what it was. Was it rad bug? Uh, yeah. That sounds yeah, right. the yeah, rad yeah. bug. Rad bug. So now he's up to rad bug two. Okay. Well, fair
1: enough. You gotta make, I mean, you know, it's probably a uh, hybrid now. It was, probably, uh, yeah. it, was, it was probably fully, <laughs> fully space electric in the future. Anyway, yeah, exactly. It's, but, a it's a flying car. A flying car. But the ran on diesel back in the yeah. back in the. Now 90s. it's
0: electric jet fuel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it could be more like
0: plasma. I don't know. So I watched it with my uh, the younger of my two daughters, the five year old, and she immediately wanted to watch more Power Rangers. Oh, I so I ended up watching quite a bit of Mighty Morphin that day. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was great watching it with her because, like, she was asking the questions everyone asks, like, when Rita throws her staff to grow the monster, how does she get her staff back? (laughs) And at one point I was just in the kitchen making myself a tea and she had continued watching an episode and she calls out to me like, daddy, she did it again. She grew the monster again. (laughs) So, yeah, not only watching it and finally getting a little more immersed into this world that I know has, like, as much of a following as any of the other Essence 20 brands but also getting to see it through her, her eyes has been really funny.
1: Did you explain to her that Rita Repulsa has like an umbrella stand in a corner? That's just full of staffs. No, that's not true. That's a, that was, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But well, then how does she get it back? Ryan. Magic magic. Probably magic.
0: Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, magic. so t- today with my, uh, sicker my sick daughter we watched doctor strange the the first doctor strange this is the first time she's watching this we've been going through all of the mcu Mm -hmm. and she kept asking questions like how are they doing that and it's like it's magic it is literally magic is the answer to all of your questions it's true it's (laughs) not a wizard did it a sorcerer supreme did it i know he's a doctor but he's also a wizard
1: (laughs) why didn't they call him dr
0: wizard so uh, she said that he should be Wizardy Strange.
1: <laughs> Wizardy, <laughs> there you go, exactly. He <laughs> just got to He's just he spent all that time in medical school not to be called Wizard Strange. I mean, like that is
0: actually the plot point in his whole character arc. Yeah, so, yeah. all right, Jason, we are talking about developing uh, first developing RPGs broadly, but also we'll get into developing Essence Twenty specifically, and. Uh, I have to admit that I'm still kind of mystified about what a developer does. Mm -hmm. I know that they uh, are a major player. They're a very important part of the the, the life cycle of a project. And I know that early on essence 20 didn't really have a dedicated developer. We just had like a a vague project manager editor position that kind of filled what I think the developer role was, but, also kind of took for granted what a developer does and just all the work that a developer needs to do. So uh, how would you summarize what a developer does?
1: Okay, just to, before we begin to, I wanna make sure that people understand that the word developer um, could mean different things. Like it is a a specific term for the role-playing game industry, but not necessarily for every single role-playing game company, I think, Mm. right? Like when people people hear the word developer, they probably think web developer and and think about software and stuff like that. Um, Some, Uh, You know, uh, Paizo has developers and designers which kind of do similar things. It's very fine lines, very inside baseball, what what the difference between the two is in a lot of ways. Uh, But for our purposes, sort of how I think about a developer, uh, uh, I think I maybe even used this analogy before. A developer is a bit like a director on a movie, right? uh you uh are there uh, uh, director <laughs> it's a director slash producer sort of situation um because a lot of times you'll 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 set out what the book is going to be like kind of like come up with a general idea and then sort of outline it and and, and figure out all of the uh <laughs> um all of the uh all the things that want to go into the book and then work on uh who's going to write the book for you uh get all that stuff get all that text in from everybody sort of organize that that's a little bit of a uh project management in some in some cases uh but make sure everyone's on the on the on the right track as they as they write and then when that text comes in you just kind of have to occasionally you know uh massage it uh making sure that it fits the style of the book that you're working on or the or the system you're working with or the the license you're working with um do a little bit of i mean i do i do a fair amount of like editing in the process too, in terms of like, you know, grammar and, and sentence structure and all that stuff. And then like, there's a little bit of design, game design work too, if there's any sort of game rules elements, you gotta make sure that they're new, that they work or how they play with the existing design elements. And granted, you know, an author is probably looking at all of this stuff too, hopefully, you know, writing sentences that make, you know, grammatical sense and, and not making stuff for the, for the game that would break the game. But um developer just sort of make sure that all happens, make sure that if need be, there's a coherent voice Throughout the whole book, make sure that with two people are writing things that connect. They actually do connect and they work out well, or they don't contradict each other at the very least. And um, making sure that no one, you know, if if you're asking someone to give you or two different people to give you a whole bunch of different kind of vehicles, that two people don't write the same vehicle, right? They're not. They may not be talking to each other, and they just coincidentally do some parallel development, uh, parallel writing, and you just you know fix all that. And then at that point, you have to make that that's you know fill in the space if anything gets left out take all that sort of any cut material and kind of set it aside and might be usable later. And then the developer then continues shepherding the book through its life cycle after it gets laid out, you know, maybe written, looking it over again, making sure it looks good and making sure that the art and, you know, matches with the thing. Oh, it's another thing that a developer does at least in my, in my, uh, uh, uh experience is to, uh, help, uh, the art team figure out what kind of art goes in the book. Right. Because you'll get something like, oh, this is a, this is going to, uh, you know, I've already chosen this is going to be an art of like these Power Ranger monsters. Here's what they look like for the art, for the art director to tell the artist what to draw. So it's a lot of coordination. It's a, it's a lot of moving parts. And it's a, in a lot of ways, you get your hands
0: up into the guts of the book on a daily basis. If you could rename the position developer, what would you call it? I... <laughs>
1: I don't know, I think uh I'm so used to developer now that anything else sounds weird to me
0: um, uh, 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 I mean it- so the reason I ask to me, developer, the word feels like you're coming in at the end, you are now taking something that's been made and developing it into what it needs to be, right, but from what you were talking about, it really is the developer oversees the oh, whole project yeah. and it. Does a lot of coordinating between all the different departments so it just doesn't feel like developer does the job justice I'm as fair, a... I'm fair i mean to, to know what to what you need to develop the book into you have to know
1: what that is right so you mm. you know being there and i and i and, and and many of my colleagues i'm sure have been in a project where you've come in at the end and you're just developing text that you didn't necessarily um you know i did it at the beginning of, of with a lot of the renegade stuff i sort of didn't have the you know didn't didn't work on the outline to begin with or anything like that or 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 talk with the authors before i just had their text right and then like, okay well let me just sort of at this point if there's any outstanding documents that say what the doc you know what the book should be like i'll read that and then and, and go from there and but you know there's a little bit of um in that process a a, a little bit of putting your own stamp on the book in a little bit ways right i i i want to make sure that that everyone's authorial voice does sort of come through um uh but uh, every once in a while uh some a sentence might ring better in my ears than and and than than it was written or a piece of um rules text doesn't quite work in my mind you know and so there's there's the, you know I, I there's a lot of you, you get a lot of your dna in the book uh, uh just from Doing the sort of developmental editing and 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 design work that 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 is necessary. So it's good to have so, that. It's good. Sorry, it's good to have that sort of original vision at the beginning, so you can sort of
0: see it through to the very end, right? Right. So I can definitely say that uh, having worked on projects without a developer. You can definitely like you definitely see the need for that vision that was sometimes lacking, mm-hmm. and so like there was kind of an arc in the early Renegade books that I worked on where like GI Joe it was a lot of hands on stuff because it was the core rule rulebook, yeah. and then Operation Cold Iron was very hands off, and I think it really would have benefited from a little more hands on. Yeah, yeah, and I was hesitating to take any kind of initiative there because it's like I didn't want to like. It, it was a, a supposed to be a thing, a collaboration between the four different authors. Yeah. And so I was trying to be a quarter of the book and, and uh, be hands off. And then like when it ended up being turned over, nobody had written an introduction mm-hmm. that would then bridge all four of them together because we yeah. had each taken our own part. And so there was a lot of stuff that then had to be done after the fact that had we had a developer on early on, would have been either noticed or assigned or right. done yeah. before it Bottom even of- got to the author's. And so kind of like my arc of the early ones that I worked on uh, peaked with the field guide where, when I took the project, I said like, can I be a developer on this or or project manager or however you want it, which is why we are actually credited as like co-developers on that book. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which I wasn't even sure if I was going to get a a credit for developing it. I just wanted to be like, I just want to make sure that this glues together. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And it definitely, it definitely shows. Right. And, you know, it, kudos to you for sort of thinking about uh, taking that on, but it is also something to take on, right? It is more work. Yeah, You don't want to, especially working as a freelancer, you don't want to necessarily volunteer yourself for more work that you may not get paid for, or, you know, or right. at least it, it, volunteer yourself for some work and be like, Hey, now I'm going to want to get paid for this. And you might not get paid. You know, you might, the company might not want to pay you for it or whatever. But um, so it, it is, it is, it is a, a bit more work. It, I, I feel like, um you know in a lot of ways developers and and editors are the 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 group that sort of are, are propping the book up in a lot of ways that don't get seen right you're the backstage crew right uh during mm-hmm. a play the 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 authors of the book uh to for to go back to my original analogy are the actors in, in this play slash or movie or whatever i'm talking about um and they get they get you know and they rightly should have the, some uh, you know the spotlight to be like hey this is what you worked on this is pretty exciting here you go but you know and uh, but I think in, you know, in the past few years, I, I felt like that people have begun to realize that, you know, how important that developers and designers and editors are to the
0: life of the book. There was one section that I worked on, uh, as a developer, that really, I felt like I was going too far, but just knowing the, uh, the timeline and whatever. And that was the traps section, uh, was a trap? No, no. It was like puzzles. Oh yeah, The puzzle section that Ben had turned over was a lot of why a GM would do it and nothing about how to actually design and implement a trap. And so that was Ben's section. And I ended up writing a whole bunch of it, which because I was also an author on the book, I was like, all right, I feel like this section needs that. And I'm just going to take this on myself. Um, as if you were just purely working on a book as a developer, would you go so far as to add like a few hundred words of text to fill out a section? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, you get because, um, in
1: some cases, the, uh, depending on the needs of the book, the copy fitting, once it gets laid out, it may be too short or maybe too long. Oftentimes, uh, uh, too short is the, the trickier one uh, mm-hmm. because, um, I mean, that's both hard, but like filling up space to, if need be, you know, it's just you don't have art to go for this column or, you know, you just need some stuff to go to the bottom page. Yeah, I'll, I'll have be writing basically bunches of items or stat blocks or something like that to fill the space. So, yeah, I mean, it's there, <laughs> but I never really, I would never really, uh, uh unless you no, know, I don't think I've ever really decided that my name would go into the author list at that point either, because oh, right. it's just sort of, you know, unless I happen to write something else in the book, obviously, but you know, like it doesn't feel like that's the same thing to me. <laughs>
0: Now, one time we were talking about it was either Field Guide or Sergeant Slaughter, but you said that was a fun one to develop. So, what makes developing a project fun?
1: Um, if it's, I mean, definitely if it, if the if you have the buy-in from the beginning, it can be fun, and it it or it can start out fun and and, and turn sour. But the uh, for me, it's just sort of like having someone who's already got a kind of a vision of what they're writing, uh, and is just firing on all cylinders with everything and. Um, for me, fun and easy are a little synonymous in that sense. It's like sure. I just need to read. Oh, look at this! Clean up a few, you know, punctuation marks, and 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 while I'm reading it, I'm enjoying reading it. It's that's that's fun for
0: me. What's uh, developers' obsession with m dashes? What do you mean? What's our obsession with them? Uh, you
1: don't I, am I, my, <laughs> When it comes to uh, renegade stuff, it's that because hyphens are not dashes <laughs> there's All a right. difference between them yeah what is the difference between a hyphen and a dash okay a hyphen is for hyphenating words it goes in between okay. words right it is it is uh as i always always hear, spider-man is hyphenated because he needs that hyphen to swing on on his web don't 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 take that away from him because he'll fall right batman doesn't need that he's got a car he's batman he doesn't need a hyphen um, or some other gadgets, whatever, right? So anyway, uh, hyphens, hyphenate a word. Uh, they are also used for numerical ranges, um, basically. Uh, uh, so those are the two ways you would use hyphen. Dashes come in two different flavors, n-dashes and m-dashes, right? n-dashes are the ones that are shorter, um, and the distinction between them is pretty small, but like, you're going to use an n-dash for um, uh, 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 things like... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? No, wait, hold on. I'm wrong. Sorry. Uh-huh. N dashes are for r- n- n- numerical ranges. Hyphens are for like table five dash 17, right?
0: Like that's not Man, numerical I'm not range. i supposed to use a hyphen for a numerical range. No, no, don't use a hyphen for a numerical
1: range. You gotta use an uh. N dash for a numerical range. And M dashes are the punctuations that people use, uh, when they don't want to use commas in parentheses,
0: basically. Okay. You know, the hyphens on the keyboard, everything else I need to figure out a code or yeah. what I usually do is just copy and paste an M dash into a uh, um, notepad yeah. along with the up and down arrows that I use for my up shifts and down shifts. Oh, there you go. Yeah, those are important. Yeah, I just, I just have to do so much more work just for the sake of M dashes. If you've got um,
1: like a, a program that does uh, autocorrect. Okay like word for instance will autocorrect into an m dash if you really? if you type a word now it, it's it's always a willy but if you type a word do two hyphens and then begin typing another word it'll all correct that into an m dash okay there's a way to do it for an n dash as well but i can't quite remember it now i think it's maybe like there's a uh, you do a space or something to space two hyphens and then a space again, and it'll shrink it to an N dash. and dash, you're not going to use as much. So you don't, you know, in a way uh, you you uh, can, can avoid it. You can avoid using N dash just by not using, you know, 15 TO 20, right? Instead of doing 15 to 20 with a, with a dash in
0: it. I, I might just start doing it. Actually, I yeah. don't even know if I do number ranges with a two or a dash. But uh, if I did it with a dash, i have definitely been doing it with a hyphen.
1: That's fair. And, and, and again, those are... and. In a lot of ways, those are things that the average reader is not going to notice, honestly. Nope. Uh, because So it doesn't really matter, but it matters to people like me because it's just you know gotta get it right. That's just the, the 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 way to get it right. And 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 sometimes even I'll get it wrong because I like I just did. I've got and and dashes and hyphens confused
0: a minute ago. And when you use an m dash, so if it was a comma. You would put the space after the comma. If you're doing a mm-hmm. parentheses, you would do the space before the parentheses. Yeah. And with them dashes, you just don't do a space.
1: It is not Chicago style, I think, okay. to space around dashes. That's just my, you know. I don't. It, 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 I have I have seen it done, and when I see it, it 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 it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. <laughs> I think it might be like a style. I think it might be like european or britishy kind of style to do spaces around dashes so it's it you know it varies where you, what you're writing for and who you're writing for
0: it also just feels like like there's no word punctuation word without a space for anything other than an m dash as far as i know
1: i mean except for compound
0: words right which get a a, a, a hyphen yeah but there's The the words are supposed to be like taken as a single word. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas an m dash is supposed to separate a thought from the rest of the sentence. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I didn't make the rules. (laughs) I know. Uh, It's fair. The
0: more writing I do, the more I realize some people put a lot of emphasis on m dashes, and that's I just figured at some point we need to bring this up. This seemed like a good time to bring it up. In fact, this whole topic is really just a ruse oh, was, to get this M dash conversation. Look,
1: look, 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 some people love M dashes and some people overuse them for sure. You can get away with either like, uh, 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 parentheticals, which are, you know, or, or, or clauses and commas generally are generally okay. Um, or breaking that out into a new sentence, you know, that kind of mm. stuff. So, um, Go wild. Uh, mix up your mix up your writing. I you know, in general, just try to you know sentence structure and 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 length and all that good stuff.
0: <laughs> parentheses always feel like a whisper to me, whereas an m dash is like. But hold on, that's a fair point. You get that point, and then you get back to what you're doing. That's
1: a fair point. When like um, I know that like, pe- some novelists will do that use parentheses for a kind of like a real sotto voce kind of. Whatever it is, kind of style. um, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen King, I think, does that a lot. Like well, he'll just sort of like be in the middle of a sentence, and then in parentheses, like a, a, a song lyric kind of like jammed in there as if the person is <laughs> really? thinking of the song that's happened. I don't know how many books that happens in, but it it sticks into my head when mm-hmm. it's it stuck in my head that he's done it enough times for sure, or it's like, yeah, parentheses, and it's like whatever your inside voice whispering into your you know your your into your ear. Saying, "Oh, you're terrible." Oh, sorry, Stephen King. Well, see, well, it's you know because Stephen King's writing about people with the you know probably going a little bit mad or something, you know.
0: So you mentioned the Chicago uh, style guides. Uh, You also wrote the style guides for Essence Twenty, right? I yeah, there was some there was some
1: stuff there, and then I kind of went in there and tried to clean it up a little bit and try to make it a little more uh, uh, consistent, but. You know, <laughs> and that's, and those, those are important. Those are, those are generally important. Those are the things that you get to do. You kind of have to do in between things to keep a sort of style uh, consistent, but it, it, it's always the last thing you ever do because it, it's never enough time. But, you know, there's certain things that like, if you want a certain type of book, you know, to have a, a theme and you want to talk about like, oh, this is in a Power Rangers book that has, you know, I mean, Power Rangers in space and it's talking about, uh, you know, uh, the, um, what are they? Anubins or whatever. Uh, I can't quite remember what they're called. Uh, the dog people, the dog people.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, a Power Rangers expert. I don't know if you realize yeah, you are just... now. Uh, so
1: I keep bringing it up so you can correct me. And, um, you might do a, like a mini style guide for a project, right. And be like, Oh, for, you know, so you can, when you, when editors look at it, they know that, Oh, we did we, we are capitalizing this or not capitalizing that, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: My final point here is tips you've learned as an experienced developer. I guess either tips that a writer should keep in mind to make their developer happy. Mm. Or if there's any thoughts that like you could teach yourself as a young developer to make you a stronger developer.
1: Don't rely necessarily on your memory for everything. Um, Mm. If you are not sure, even if you're 95% sure a, a, grammatical rule or a game rule or anything could have is, is one way uh, still look it up. Take the, take the second to look it up and then you'll, you'll find out that maybe your meat brain has, has intertwined two different things or, or, you know, forgotten something completely. Um, I'm constantly, even, you know, systems that I feel like I have a grasp on, I'm constantly looking stuff up just to be sure, like, Hey, you know, we capitalizing this term or are we not capitalizing this term? Just, you know, Keep keep looking things up. Maybe you have a a window open with a, a file of stuff that is common errors or something like that and always be referring to it, <laughs> I would say. It makes the process slower, obviously, when you're writing. Um uh I for writers too, I'd say, you know, go back and uh read the thing that you wrote, uh at least once. Skim it even or, or at least because you'll find things that you didn't realize you messed up. I'm constantly realizing that I've forgotten words that I sure have typed, Mm. but no, I thought them and did not type them.
0: So like, I will read something over three or four times before I turn it over. And then as soon as it's laid out and in print, it's like, there's clearly a word missing here. Like, I don't understand the sentence that I know I've read four or five times now. And it made sense every other time, but somehow now, in layout, in proper, untouchable format, Yeah. now I see the error. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's gonna what I've done. constantly happen. And the trick is too, that when you reread something is to try to read it in a, with a new mind, with a blank mind, because mm. you might be, re- you're probably reading the sentence knowing what it already says, so you're filling in the blanks, right? You, the, the brain yep. is remarkable in that way that you can, um, I don't know if you know this, but like if you were to take a word, like a, a sentence, and in each word, make the first and the last letter this they're the same but then take the the middle letters and scramble them up you'll be able to read that sentence
0: hmm.
1: uh, oh yeah i've seen
0: yeah memes like that on facebook before right
1: you'll you'll <laughs> you'll be able to get the information out of that sentence and that's remarkable but it's also uh a pit, pitfall for when you're trying to write and develop and, and make things for other people to read yeah and
0: that goes like not just a game mechanics like you were talking about, but when we're working on brands, it goes the extra step of oh, like, yeah. make sure you know the things you think you know. Because like I turned over my My Little Pony thing and then I found out that Applejack is not two words. It's one word. It's one of the six main characters yeah. in the series. Yeah. I was definitely on Applejack's like wiki page multiple times when I was looking up examples and I just never registered that I was spelling her name wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just those things, you know, just go back and look it up. Yeah. Yeah, it'll 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 save everyone time in the long run. Well,
0: that was a fun livelier conversation than I was worried it might be. Oh, I know no. that like well, I mean give me tell me about your job like that, yeah, that no, can know. be yeah, a dry conversation but no I like where that went. Good. I think we are ready to move on to some Essence 20 news. All right. And it's been a month since I've done this, so I'm not entirely sure what news we have covered. Okay. So I'm just going to go for one thing that I know is absolutely new, and that is that tickets for the Gen Con Multi-Table Special Event are available. Hey. It is called Worlds Collide Battle for the Multiverse, an Essence 20 Crossover Experience. They are available now. If you go to the Gen Con website, you'll look up the events. Uh, look up any combination of that, or I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes so that people don't have to memorize the whole name. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this was uh, writing. This was kind of like uh, an albatross hanging on my neck for a while yeah. because um, uh, Jordan, who was managing the project, basically said like, "We just we need it by this date," and that was the like absolute deadline date. So like, there was no chance of any extension or anything, and it was way in advance, and I should not have had any problem meeting that. And then I had like one of the least productive months yeah. of my life, and so uh, knowing that that was like. There was no way I could not hit that deadline. I managed to beat it by like five days. All right, but I should have been able to beat that by like three weeks.
1: Fair. I mean, I mean, the hopefully the deadlines are made in such a way that when life happens, we there's some time because some some wiggle room here and there. Uh, that's uh, always try to give a, a freelancer essentially like a deadline that might be a week before you actually need it, just mm-hmm. in case.
0: Yeah, so I am also going to give a shout out here to uh Michael Bramnick. He uh he was my co-author on the on this uh this adventure and originally this was just going to be me writing it and then because my uh my week in Cuba kind of fell right in the middle of that deadline and Michael and I had just worked on another project together and worked really well together. Like I I have never considered uh getting a writing partner. I like I, I will work with other people, but I never thought about getting like just forming a team and just always doing projects together. Yeah. But Michael Bramnik's the first person that's ever made me consider that as an option. It was so fun to work with him and we really vibed. Great. And so uh yeah, when that like vacation right in the middle of the deadline was coming up, I was like, I should probably just do the smart safe thing mm-hmm. and get a co-author on this to make sure that nothing bad happens. Mm-hmm. Uh Michael ended up taking uh I think eight thousand of the twenty thousand words that was this assignment. Oh, yeah. And not only did he take that off my plate, but then when I was really struggling and he turned over his thing, reading over his thing, got me back into like the headspace I needed to be to write it. So, Yeah. yeah, like the stuff that I wrote after Michael's turnover was the majority of what I had to write for this project. So I'm really thankful for him and his contribution to this. And I... I'm excited to see how this runs and how people uh, enjoy it because yeah. we had a lot of fun writing this adventure.
1: Yeah, Michael's great. I worked with him on a lot of Starfinder stuff too. Well, I don't know, a lot, but some, some Starfinder stuff that was that, that was really enjoyable. Nice.
0: All right, and um, kind of went from news to shout out, so I'm just going to move on to another shout out here. I write a blog for the No Direction Network called Behind the Screens, and it is like looking at pop culture and seeing what lessons we can learn from pop, popular culture to apply as game masters. Nice. And I have been super inconsistent with it. I, I am our worst blogger for that. I am constantly <laughs> missing my my dates. Uh, when I do get one out that I'm happy with, I, I like to let people know that it's out there and to come check it out. Because I don't want people coming every Wednesday hoping maybe this is the week that something actually showed up. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, uh, this one is called Talk Amongst Yourselves, and it's basically sometimes gems we just need a minute to think or a minute to look something up instead of asking players to just sit there and do nothing, which they will not do, or uh, just tell them to talk about whatever. um, And then that risks derailing the momentum if they start getting out of character, start getting into, like, the movie they just saw or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, this is just tips on, like, find a question that is relevant to the campaign or their characters that you don't need to know the answers to, right? Yeah. So that you could just get them talking amongst themselves while we, as GMs, do whatever we need to do on our side of the screen. I th- I think it's a fun little article, and I think people should go and check it out. It's the latest behind the screens on the No Direction Network. All right, good. Speaking of No Direction, you can go to NoDirectionPodcast.com to check out all of the other great gaming podcasts and blogs we have available to you. And uh, we want to thank our patrons who go to patreon.com slash no direction and provide the the funds that we need to keep the network running and pay for the larger and larger server we need for the just immense amount of podcasts that we have produced <laughs> yep. over the 15 plus years that we've been doing this. Uh, also, thank you to Word Burglar for the use of Letters from Snake Eyes V4. Now, Jason. Did you...
1: Right to Word Burglar? I sent,
0: I sent the email. Okay. I don't have the answer yet. Oh. But for people who may not know, every episode, when I get to this shout out, I realize I forgot to ask if V4 stands for version four or volume four, or if I should just be calling it V4. I have finally sent the email to Word Burglar just for clarification there. <laughs> I even explained the whole situation of like, this has become a running gag, and just, it, I am embarrassed that I. Keep forgetting to do this. So I have done it, Jason. I have right. initiated the conversation to get to the answer of what the V4 stands for. Well, and I believe wait. it's going to be version four.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But we'll see. We'll see what the official answer is.
1: All right. Good. I can't wait.
0: So if you want to check out the whole song and what else Word Burglar has to offer, you can go to WordBurglar.com. Until next time, I'm Ryan Costello, and I'm Jason Keely, and calling all Autobots,
1: it's time to come home. What was that? Uh, the uh, a oh, <laughs> the last night. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry, I went to a base. I went to a movie. I'm sorry.
0: I apologize. <laughs> Taking them down. My pain medication. Shanna sigh. And she knew she couldn't call me. At least until I found out what happened to Tommy. That mission was private. For now the objective was stopping the threat of this venomous collective. Spreading across the globe. I was ready to lock and load. With flash, grand slam, clutch, zap and rock and roll. Hawk, stealer, grunt, breaker and short fuse. And before I knew, I gained a whole lot more to lose.